guys, welcome back to Conversations with Rob. So this week I had a chance to sit down and speak with Tanya Rack. Tanya is an entrepreneur, a writer, and also a local coordinator with Students for Liberty in the Ukraine. So Tanya is the CEO of Yunko, which is an environmentally conscious delivery startup. They deliver goods around the Ukraine using only eco-friendly transport, and they also attempt to reduce the amount of non-recyclable packaging. Tanya is also the leader of a local women's empowerment group in Mariupol in the Ukraine. So in this conversation, we talked about lots of things. We talked about Vyunko, we talked about the vision that Tanya has for the company's future. We talked about investment opportunities. We also talked a little bit about consciousness and how crazy a concept that is. Um, because Tanya is also interested in psychology, we also talked about the imposter syndrome and what it means to her. So without further ado, Here's my discussion with... Hello, guys. Welcome to another conversation with Rob. I'm really excited today to introduce you all to Tanya Rack. Uh, Tanya is from the Ukraine. So welcome, Tanya. How are you today? Uh, hi, Rob. I'm pretty fine. Uh, thanks for inviting me to be the speaker of your podcast episode. Much honor to me. Um, how are you? Doing great, doing great. So you're doing lots of interesting things. You're a CEO, you have your own startup over in Ukraine. You're also involved with Students for Liberty. Uh, you're also really interested in psychology and we're gonna get into it all. So maybe to start off, you can tell us a little bit about Vyunko, your um, startup company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, to speak about me starting my startup, perhaps uh, I have to uh, get you more introduced to what I did before. So my career path was uh, long and tough and still is to some extent. Um, I started working rather early. I just turned 17 and I felt the point that I need, needed to help my family uh, because uh, we faced uh, some hardships uh, with mom since dad passed away rather early. And uh, I was thinking of what I could do. And when you're 17 years old and you don't have the experience, the options are not so wide to you, right? And so from that time, I changed more than 10 or perhaps 12 jobs. So I worked as a babysitter, I worked as a waitress, I worked as a barista, I worked as an administrator into a photo shooting studio, I worked as a photographer assistant, I worked as a photographer, as a sales manager, I did photo books, I did the HR in the film DVD for the European Commission, I did PR, I did wow. blogging, copywriting, and perhaps I forgot something else. <laughs> so, and after that, um, uh, one day I was just uh, sitting on the floor and thinking like, okay, where am I going and where my wife is leading me to? And I came across uh, one advertisement on Instagram, it was just a uh, target advertising, and uh, they were said that they needed uh, a student uh, who is well acquainted with journalism. And um, I have two degrees. Uh, the first one is in English translation, and the second one is PR, but we also have a double degree program, so journalism is the second one. So uh, technically I have three degrees. And I uh, decided to give it a shot and to apply um, for this position. I was contacted uh, in like two weeks um, 
and uh, they uh, asked me to come up to the first round of the interview. Um, I faced this kind of imposter syndrome because uh, I got to the first round with the girls who used to live in the uh, United States and this company was US based and I thought that uh, they have much more prospect to work with them. But then uh, I became an intern there after two or three rounds of interview, I don't remember because it was like um, three and a half years ago. I worked there for two months and after that uh, I got promoted to the PR manager and I worked on the project connected with healthcare um, in the US. Then I worked uh, on the dating apps and their promotion. I worked on some educational projects as well. And it was a nice experience because I think that in case you want to create something of your own, you have to get the experience, mm. right? To make it easier for you to implement it in future. And um, I worked like that for three and a half years. And uh, I did different positions because startup is such a thing that sometimes you have to combine several things. So I even did accounting there, uh, though it really sucked, but in case if you want to fail uh, your business from the financial side, I'm always here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after that, uh, I faced uh, some kind of personal crisis in January because uh, I just faced difficulties. And you know, when one difficulty comes up to your life, another one comes and then another, another, another. And uh, I ended up with thinking where I want to work because I understood that I will wouldn't have any further growth and promotion in this company and I think that I did they were nice and I got the payment and uh, this uh, work meant that I could have normal salary normal ordinary life but I was not satisfied and for me doing something which is meaningful is a very important option it's not only about the money and mm -hmm. at that time, I got um, the job offer from one man who I used to work with. He was also from the US, but he was of Polish origin and he wanted to launch one project connected with a uh, healthcare field in Warsaw. And he invited me there. And I even uh, started to learn Polish for that purpose. But then the quarantine happened and it was frozen and I didn't have another option uh, right to continue working for the job. And at that time, I was thinking of what can I do else? Because I'm used to combine several positions. I'm used to combine studying for several degrees at one time. So this kind of time management for me is not uh, a thing that can be considered somehow tough. And uh, I decided to attend one event that was carried on in Mariupol. Uh, it was about uh, launching the business incubation program. And I met some guys there who were the students of the Ukrainian Academy of Leadership and they just came to the city for two months uh, because of the exchange program. And uh, the first stage was just the volunteering program because uh, there are lots of people with special needs and people of age here in Mariupol. And I decided uh, to join uh, their idea because we wanted to make a free delivery and just to be of help. And since I also had uh, two and a half years of volunteering for ISIC organization, I know how such projects are built up 
and how to arrange them successfully and attract to have some investment there. And after we tried it, we got the partnership with the Ukrainian platform Pobaromo.org, it is called, which uh, fought against the COVID. Uh, and uh, uh, in this case, we could solve the problem of building up the website and all of these technical issues. The only thing that we had to do is to find the couriers and to make deliver itself. And after that, once we were discussing it, just um, uh, in the morning, uh, having coffee, and I said, right, okay, guys, what should we try to do turn it to business? And they said, okay, but how can we do it? And uh, as I mentioned at that time, the business incubation uh, program was launched in Mariupol, and it was the first time in the terms of the independent Ukraine and Ukraine rather young as an mm. independent country. And um, so there is one cross. We are living uh, near the front line and living near the front line means that uh, this region needs, needs some kind of stability. And uh, that's why there are lots of uh, programs. Uh, mine uh, was from the USAID, one of the programs of the USAID uh, connected with the economic uh, growth of the region. So we decided to make a pitch to the organizers of it and we were accepted. I was pleasantly surprised because uh, the only thing that we had was the idea. We didn't have the naming, we didn't have the brand book, we didn't have the business model, nothing. We just uh, said that, okay, we need the delivery and perhaps it can be ever delivered. But how uh, can it be ever? No one knew. And after that, uh, we started um, uh, six-month uh, educational program there and we had uh, some sessions with mentors they are supposed to be offline but you know these parenting times mm. and that's why it all moved to zoom uh, and uh, we had lots of consultations with um, people from Kiev with people from abroad about how to build uh, up their financial model uh, the business model, and I started attracting some friends of mine because I had lots of uh, colleagues who I used to work with. I just have uh, awesome and creative friends who are designers, who are very talented uh, software developers, and they helped us, uh, created the logotype, created uh, the demo version of our website, and we started to, to grow the project. After that, uh, we also got the strong media support because I used to, to work on the local TV channel for two or three months in the past and I organized us uh, some interviews and that helped us to make this project better known in the city. And if you're better known, there are more chances to attract investment. Um, after that, we also took in one show. It's an Ukrainian show and uh, the episode with us uh, will be published on YouTube awesome. on September. Yes, thank you. Cool. And we graduated from it uh, like a month ago, three weeks ago, and uh, we got the second place. Unfortunately, we didn't get the investment. Uh, but we got the nomination, the project that is the most uh, highly demanded by the market and currently we are applying for different grant programs. I applied uh, the one just yesterday. It's the Ukrainian All Startup Cup uh, which would be held in Copenhagen in 2021 
if the COVID doesn't ruin yeah, yeah. the plan. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about the, what the company does. Tell, tell us who you serve and what the vision is um, for the company. So, Yunko uh, is an echo delivery uh, startup. As I said before, there are eight members. Uh, I have three co-founders. Uh, the vision is such, we want to show that the delivery is fast, cheap, and uh, it saves lots of time. Uh, the thing is that uh, we don't have many competitors here in Ukraine. So there was uh, Uber Eats, but Uber Eats left the market in June. And also there is Global and the local service named Raketa. But um, the point is that uh, since we are located near the front line, Global doesn't want to spend resources to come, to come up to the city. Mm. And truly, I hope that it wouldn't, at least in the nearest future, till we strengthen our positions. Uh, but um, Mariupol is geographically rather wide, and it's very hard to make the deliveries from one district to another because of that. And uh, the ecological situation is uh, tough as well, and that's why we were thinking what we could do with it. So uh, we're trying to get rid um, of uh, the transport that is not eco-conscious. So currently our couriers use only bicycles. I didn't know how we would cope with it uh, in the cold times, but in case uh, there is no snow and uh, last two winters were rather mild here, so perhaps we just would think something by the time. Also, we use the recyclable materials in our packaging. Uh, and we sell for the clients of age and the clients with special needs. I don't like the word disabilities. It's not really client oriented uh, for free because uh, I think that is the least uh, how we can help them. Uh, for now, we reached uh, such milestones as building up the business model, the financial model, the brand book, the website. We have first partners, which are local cafes who are always willing to support the local business. Uh, what else? Uh, we got first clients. We got um, this uh, media partnership with the YouTube show. And uh, currently, we're working on getting the investment because uh, this kind of business requires really lots of money. Yeah. It's not that you just get one bicycle and you make the deliveries yourself. It's about some lost orders. It's yeah. about conflicts with the clients. And also, uh, I personally afraid about the safety of the couriers because we have a curious statistics. Usually, Glover uh, have most of the couriers who are men. In uh, our startup, things are going vice versa. I don't know why, perhaps it's just about me and um, my personal branch in social media. And that's why most, uh, mostly girls are attracted by this job opportunity, but that's how it is. And that's why I'm also working on making their work much more safer than uh, it is at the present moment. But I know that it's also the question of time and resources that we have. So, Brilliant. Good on you. Um, I know that investment is a challenge, especially in this COVID madness in these times, you know, especially in Ireland, investors are quite reluctant to risk their money on something that is um, 
let's say unproven but it sounds like like you've won an award for the most needed by the market do you see much of a opportunity elsewhere outside of where you are for the same type of model um yes yes because it's just one of the programs uh, that can be possibly implemented and uh, that we can integrate our business with. The point is that uh, Ukraine itself, because it's a young country, yes, and it's uh, trying to be a pro-West, pro-Western country, it's a good platform for the startups, generally. And I don't speak just about my region. But my region is curious in the way that it's still Ukrainian. I mean, like uh, two hours away from my city, and it's Donetsk. And Donetsk is not the part of Ukraine anymore. And that's why it's important to save this territory and uh, uh, to make people stay there to grow the economical potential, uh, potential of the country. So currently, we are having several programs that support uh, entrepreneurship in this region. Uh, personally, I became the member of VTEC. VTEC is a women community where you can find investment, where you can find uh, useful uh, partnerships. So you can just ask for a tip uh, that you may face at the beginning of your business. And uh, also there are lots of uh, grant programs, joint programs. Uh, it's called Spilnokost here and uh, we are buying on all of them and uh, we are just trying to use the go-go attitude right you apply everywhere and somewhere you can give it a shot mm -hmm. but you never know where exactly fantastic that's that's great and what's the ukraine like in terms of um the startup community uh, you mentioned that it's quite a new country is it is it a, got a vibrant startup community or what's it what's it like um, well, uh, I think that it depends on the field of the startups, yes, because uh, currently um, the ability to grow, uh, get those startups uh, who are on the high demand, and uh, the high demand comes out uh, of the pain points that face the client. And if we speak about these pain points, it's um, healthcare, first of all because we have uh, different kinds of reforms during the last two years and uh, it's still unknown whether they would work in the country or not and in case, if not, uh, what's the alternative? So they bloom. Uh, then also it's uh, fintech startups, it's uh, logistics and uh, delivery and uh, IT field as well. Mariupol is becoming the center of the IT and it's surprising even for me but that's what we have now yeah okay so that's that's really interesting so you're not only interested in in startups and being a ceo you've also got an interest in psychology and consciousness you're on my friend uh, amit and muhammad's uh, quarantine show podcast recently talking about consciousness i'm interested to know what it is about psychology that interests you uh, well uh i that I cannot define only the one point because uh, I think that we as the personalities always have uh, some more intentions of being interested in something. For me, uh, my life path is a movement towards the people. And for me, it's rather easy to understand uh, the emotions of people, their intentions, 
why they act in this way or in another one. And uh, it's okay if you are empathetic for that, yes, but it's much better if you have some uh, scientific understanding of why all of us are different, what makes us act, perhaps some traumas that we caused in the past, perhaps um, some desires, some wishes, some uh, historical, cultural, economical background or whatever. And that made me uh, read more on the topic that also made me um, get into connection with uh, some people who work in this field and also um, I had some experience with therapy on my own uh, and that uh, uh, led me to this point where I have some experience. I don't know whether it's rich or not because it's hard to judge yourself. Uh, but uh, when you have some experience, it's nice if you can share it with people who face the same situation at the present moment. So perhaps you can be helpful, perhaps uh, you can uh, drive them to some kind of, of insight, and perhaps uh, you never know what word can lead to people to think over the mm -hmm. problem and find the solution. So that's why I'm interested in psychology. Yeah. And you're specifically interested in consciousness, uh, which I have to admit, when I was doing my psychology uh, part of my degree, this whole area confused the hell out of me because it's so many different theories, there's so many different things to contemplate, and having access to a consciousness makes it even worse because you come to the theory through your own filter and you try to understand what people are talking about through your own access to consciousness. And I have to admit, it super confused me. So for you, what is what are the most important parts of consciousness for you personally? Well, I think it's hard to define only one. Uh, so first of all, when we speak about consciousness, we oh, uh, always speak about uh, this awareness of our internal or even external existence yes and uh, i think that it's uh, impossible to answer on this question just having your own opinion why because uh, despite the centuries really the centuries of analysis of different definitions of different uh, explanations uh, debates by philosophers scientists psychologists uh, artists uh, we still face one of the most familiar but at the same time one of the most mysterious aspects of our lives. For me it's uh, an integration of our mental state and our physical body. Mm. It's about our neuron connections and about us um, being a person who um, I don't know, someone is uh, explaining it with having so yes, especially people who tend to uh, have some deeper religious views. Mm. Uh, it's also about uh, our um, uh, private thoughts. It's also about our imagination. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, it's also about our kind of experience. Uh, it's also about our feelings. It's about our cognition. Uh, and it's about self-awareness. Yeah, and, and for me, like obviously working in personal development, 
self-awareness is everything to me because I, I was reading something recently around um, people having this access to this inner monologue. And what I didn't realize was that not everybody has an inner monologue, which I found fascinating. So for me, and this is something that I need to really watch myself on, is that I almost universalize what is real for me onto everybody else. And that's just not right. Like I shouldn't be doing that. Um, especially as a coach and trying to help people. It's, it's about understanding where people are. And like years, like I started my journey, God, it must be over 20 years now, thinking about all of these things. And for me, the most important aspect in terms of if you have a goal that you want to grow, you have to become, first of all, aware of what the hell is going on for you. But secondly, playing with your cognition and understanding where growth might be possible is super important. Um, and like my life goal is to make people excited about that. So a question for you, I suppose, is what made you kind of excited about that? The, the, the sort of the knowledge that you could grow in a specific area? Oh, uh, well, um, let me think. Well, first of all, it's uh, just the need to understand myself because uh, I don't live in a vacuum. I live in the society and I have to integrate myself somehow with other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's the first point. And in case if you don't understand yourself, your own needs, who you are, where you move, how can you build up the number of relationships, healthy relationships with your friends, with your potential partner, with your family, uh, in the field of your career? It's impossible. So mm -hmm. if you want uh, to reach number of healthy relationships, being a part of the society, you have to start from yourself the first point. The second point, uh, I think it's a destructive one, but um, it all began with a fear because uh, when my dad passed away, I was lost and I didn't uh, get a normal support though I supposed to. And that's why I tried to search the answers just in myself. And when I dig deeper, I understood that uh, nearly all of us have those things that make us feel numb or tough but uh, it's in our power to overcome it. it's mm -hmm. also about the connection of our uh, physical and mental um, parts and it's also about some symptoms that can be psychosomatic yes and uh, when you understand uh, this amount of information you need uh, to make it more clear just in your head Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm working till now. And I'm not sure that uh, this journey uh, can have the end. I think no, <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> it never ends. <laughs> so you start digging deeper, 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 deeper. But um, when you feel yourself calm, when you feel yourself like you're enough and you don't need another person for it, no matter who, mother, father, partner, uh, boss, uh, then you can share it with someone and then you can act not from the fear as I did at the beginning but just uh, of the willingness to be helpful to someone to make a positive impact and make something valuable 
right. Yeah, exactly. And it was really when I was digging into that, you mentioned that you've done some psychotherapy. I've done patches of psychotherapy throughout my life from my early 20s, even into my 30s. And it was at that moment when I started to dig into where I had, because what we present to therapy is like the real problem of just like, oh, I don't like feeling like this. I don't like constantly having these thoughts. Please help me deal with this. And when I started to learn some tools and techniques in that context, I was really able to hack myself almost and and I I learned how to okay I've done it I've solved this problem here with maybe anxiety or uh, dealing with certain professional contexts or whatever it was I was able to go and say okay I've got this problem in other relationships and also like you mentioned um, you're able to then help other people and solve other people's problems which is kind of like a superpower i feel like it's a superpower when we're helping other people solve their problems with things that you've overcome i love that and it doesn't end like we all we're human beings we're incredibly complex and it really d- never ends we'll always find problems to solve so for you what are what are some of the, the the problems that like you've enjoyed solving within yourself that you're able to now help other people? Uh, well, I think uh, that in my in my case, uh, first of all, it's overcoming the loss of the close people. Unfortunately, I faced it a lot since early childhood, and it was in a very short period of time. And the mm-hmm. point is that every person overcomes the grief in one's own way and being physically a grown-up doesn't mean that you always grow up mentally and and, uh, that's why uh, even if you cannot get support from your close people and I say to all the people who perhaps are facing uh, some problems that may be alike at the uh, very present moment uh, it's very important to understand what hurts you and what you feel now, why you feel it, and how you can help it. I mean, uh, there are lots of periods of life uh, that can be tough, but it's now a power to overcome it, just Mm -hmm. to be more attentive to yourself. Then uh, the second uh, point um, is the imposter syndrome. It's very common, and we have already discussed it with you. I think that um, most of the people... Uh, face it in one or another way but the point is that some people are more sensitive some people are less sensitive some people are more offensive some people are less offensive Uh, I'm not offensive and I know my pros and cons being a person but I'm rather sensitive and sometimes uh, I start to overthink the questions that were discussed like one month ago and you know this feeling when you're uh, lying in bed and it's 3 a.m. and you're not Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I worked a lot on it, and currently I'm writing an article uh, which I have already told you about, about the imposter syndrome. And it's interesting for me what uh, forms the syndrome, I mean, the cultural background, uh, because the answers were rather different of uh, women and men, people from former uh, Soviet countries, and people from the Western countries. And it's curious because 
actually all of us uh, in the cell in this uh, uh, hot zone are fluffy mild bumps but life obstacles uh, makes us reflect on the situations in different way and that's why it's very important to ask yourself who I am why I'm doing it uh, am I satisfied with the present moment am I satisfied with people who surround me with career and all of that stuff uh, I know lots of the techniques on how to overcome it, though I don't have the certificate of coach, but uh, I was just interested in it, so um, I think that in case if someone needs help with it, I can at least listen, I can share my experience, and if uh, the person decides that he or she wants the support, I will do my best uh, so to provide this support. Yeah, that's awesome, because that's really all people want. And you mentioned imposter syndrome. I wrote a little um, article last week or, or two weeks ago about my own experience with the imposter syndrome. It was interesting when I joined SFL, which you've just joined um, and you're in for a, a real treat there. It's, a, it's an amazing organization. But when I joined, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was a collection of factors. But when I joined and I went to the top 100 retreat for the first time in 2016 in Gummersbach, for the first two days, I really felt like an imposter. You, you get surrounded, like you were in Madrid, right, at LibertyCon this year. And when you are surrounded by super intelligent people, and I, we, I had this sense of, what am I doing here? You absolute fraud, Rob. This is the narrative going on in my mind. It's like you do not belong here, and that that narrative just becomes so loud in your mind. But over time, what I found was that it went away because I started to see actually you do have a place here. You mightn't be the biggest expert on microeconomics and and all of that stuff, which I'd never studied, so I shouldn't have expected that I that I did. But you have extraordinary skills here which is a feature of the imposter syndrome we tend to really downplay our own strengths and inflate the strengths of others which is exactly where this whole uh, idea emanates from um and i wonder like in your own experience what was it that you had that tendency to experience the imposter syndrome was there any contexts does it happen now as a CEO uh, for your for your company, or 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 where where is it? What context do you experience that? Oh well, uh, for me, I think that firstly I faced it being a teen because I think that most of the people uh, start facing it in the teenage years. Yeah. So you go through this tough uh, process of separation from your family, and you start to identify yourself as a person. And as well as you're also integrated to some teenage community school or perhaps some extra curriculum activities. And uh, there's always a person who wants to prove the leadership and uh, starts judging other people. Mm. In case if morally this person is rather strong, uh, you just follow someone's opinion. And in my case, I was just against some leaders and uh, in this case uh, some activities that I wanted to provide during that um, 
they were disvalued and uh, I felt like an imposter. But uh, then I realized that it all comes from the community, from the supportive community. As you said, like you felt uh, yourself an imposter among the very intelligent people. It's uh, somehow about being self-sure and thinking that you are not enough. But the point is that you are always enough. And uh, even if you face the syndrome, sometimes it might be helpful. In case you think that you know everything, there's no any path for you to further grow. Exactly. And we grow during all of our life. We learn everything and the first thing that we have to admit that we really cannot know everything. But we can mm -hmm. learn at least to, to give it a shot. And sometimes it's better to start doing something. Perhaps at the beginning you can do it poorly, but in fact, if you are really interested in something, you will grow in it in this direction. If not, you can always change. And um, if to speak about whether I face it now, yes, I do. Sometimes. Uh, first of all, I never face it uh, when we speak about some personal values or appearance because it's something default. Yes, and this person you can always grow and change. But when we speak about their professional fields, I can be very offended uh, by the criticism of my works as a journalist. I will never show them that I can accept the critics, but sometimes it can be constructive and sometimes destructive. In the mm. second point, I will think about it over the months. And being a CEO, yes, I need to carry on the responsibility for the whole team, for the whole project, for the financial side. I reinvest money and I had to, to find an extra job at the present moment at the PR agency uh, in order to make an ability this project grow so we don't uh, find an investment. Mm -hmm. And sure, I'm afraid that we can fail. But I also understand that fails as well as success can always happen. And you may once not fail, uh, the second one uh, the same, but for the third time, it will happen to you. Mm -hmm. And you uh, can overcome this imposter syndrome if it is connected with work. Just being grateful for the lesson you got. And in case you got it, uh, now you know how to act in these situations. And the next time you will do much better. Brilliant. I love that, Tanya. That's amazing. Listen, um, tell us what you see for your future you've got so many different things going on if in an ideal world here's a magic wand if you could paint the future the way that you wanted it to be what would it look like uh it's a question i'm trying to answer myself i'm trying not to make long-term planning i mean i know approximately that i want to grow my business and currently i launched the second one project connected with sales in the form of fashion I'm also interested in. Um, I'm sure that uh, one day I will come up to perhaps some coaching or help, helping people in the way I can for volunteering, writing, perhaps some charity projects. And um, I think that um, I would like to see myself with inner peace and inner balance surrounded with those people whose uh, society I really admire. And actually, I wish uh, everyone to find their way and find people who they will feel themselves most at home. It's very important. 
Absolutely. If people want to get in touch with you, where should they direct themselves to? Well, uh, I think that we can attach the links to my Facebook and my yeah. Instagram. So I'm always free uh, to have a conversation uh, and to meet new people in case they would like to have a chat. Uh, well, also, I can share the link to the website uh, of yeah, I ha I actually had a look at that last night, and it's uh it's very pretty. Um, it, it looks good. It, at first, it was in Ukrainian, and then I translated it into English, and yeah, it's it looks great. It really does, and I wish you every success with that in the future. Um, and I will put all of those in the show notes uh, down below. But uh. For today, thank you so much for joining me. This has been really interesting. Uh, thanks, Rob. It was a pleasure for me to join you today because I did enjoy our conversation. So I hope it's not our last one. Of and course. Have a great day. Bye. Absolutely. We'll talk to you all soon.